I enjoyed this project. Um, I, I hope it works out and I, I hope crypto stops crashing. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. God, chill out crypto for the love of God. We want to keep this podcast going. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another 101 edition of the Crypto Basic Podcast. I am Brent Philbin. I'm here with the closest thing we could be to an expert without actually being an expert on Nexo 101, Michael Lockie. Uh, probably still further than that. Yeah, well, whatever. We're not, we are definitely not experts. So whatever idiots can learn about something, we've done it. And we've done it here again with a Nexo 101. Just a reminder, our 101 series episodes can be listened to in any order. Obviously, when they get old, some of the information might be a tiny bit outdated, but the base on how the project works will be the same. So if you want to learn about anything from Bitcoin to Spank Chain, go back, check it out, and give it a quick listen. So before we get started, this project I remember uh, the the first time I heard about this project was when we were talking about different ways that you could do crypto style loans because we had looked into to the Dai project, and then we find out you had just like invested in this uh, this project called Nexo, which was like a, a, a at its base a loan platform. So, um, what were your biases kind of like going into this, and what were your um, what did like, I don't know? Give us the quick version of what you knew before you started your research. Yeah, uh, this project was brought to me by some of my friends and they basically, uh, put the white paper in front of my face and, you know, gave me a look at it and I was able to compare it to some of the other projects in this space. And I definitely saw a need for, you know, loans, especially with how cumbersome, um, the custody of crypto can be. So this was something that I did invest in, um, fairly early on and it's something that I still own. All right. So. Know that going in, we do try to leave our biases at the door and analyze the project from uh, from an unbiased lens. But just so you're aware, we do have a little bit of bias here. I have no bias because I don't know what it is. Um, I know I know only what we talked about for the five minutes before we turned on the mics in this episode. So I am excited to learn about this along with the audience. So you ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Tell us about their vision. What is this project trying to accomplish? Yeah, just to keep it simple, basically, they wanted to be instant crypto back loans and they wanted to be the first and the largest that's going to allow you to have your assets stored and to receive instant or near instant fiat option loans, you know, on those assets. Okay, so we're going to learn about how they're going to do that. But, I mean, obviously, there's a couple other co companies that have done similar. So we're going to learn about how they're doing it and the way that they're doing it. Uh, one thing that I will say is the other projects that we've talked about were strictly kind of Ethereum-backed. That is not the case here with this company. So we're going to learn more about that. Um, it's an ERC-20 token, if that's <laughs> not what you meant. <laughs> well, no, it. It, this may be an ERC20 token, but you, if I understood it, you can lock, you can do these crypto back loans with non Ethereum coins. Oh, yes, yes. In that regard, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely like an interesting proposition. So, um, let's talk about a little bit of the, wow, I just looked at the history section. We are go, we're going full Kareem on the history today, folks. All right. Let's talk about the history. 
it, it has a lot of bullet points, but it's kind of it was kind of easy to run through. But basically, you know, what we've noticed with a lot of the crypto projects, especially the ones that have um, developed more in the recent years, you know, basically the ones that are, you know, being launched somewhere around the time that maybe we've launched this podcast somewhere more, you know, 2018 and such. Um, so what we saw here is that there's a company in Europe named Credissimo. And in 2007, that company was founded. Now they have become a major instant fiat loan option in Europe. And apparently, um, one of the largest, one of the most successful, one of the most professional. So when this company, um, after they began in 2007, they instantly started working with all the technological options and have stayed very far ahead in the fintech industry. In 2010, they developed an, an AI for instant loan approval seven days a week for fiat options. So that meant you were able to, you know, apply online. You're able to get instant options. You were able to get your loan money on a Sunday, for example. Um, you know, full automated system. That was in 2010. Um, later on in 2013, their pro, their platform, um, implemented mobile adoption. In 2014, they launched an IPO and that's similar to an ICO, except that's more for the traditional stock world. It's an initial public offering. Any thoughts on that to this point, Brent? Are they, are they publicly traded in? Uh, like on European exchanges, or I assumed they're that. not a U.S. based company. I, right? I I didn't look into that part because I assumed they were in European areas. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you mentioned a couple of different European things, so I imagine they are a European company. But uh, oh, they definitely that's, are. That's there. Okay, there's then I then they're probably being traded on those stocks. I guess my my first question would have been how many European companies are traded on U.S. exchanges in general. I know we do like a lot of these like tracker stocks because the and the reason I got I even learned that is because with Party Poker I wanted to invest in them back when you know I was like eighteen years old or whatever when when they went live and, and they went live in Europe too right? that's a, a good example yeah yeah so there was like a there was a stock that would track the price of that basically like they would buy shares of it and you could buy sh- like their company bought shares so of you that could was for, it in a weird way kind of like an ETF of a foreign ex- of a foreign product. Yeah, ex- but exactly one product, basically. Right, yeah. but it was like a so, ETF for only one thing. In- yeah. All right, exactly. interesting. Right. So, yeah, so like we're learning a lot about the and- traditional world stuff along the way, too. So, yeah, and, and honestly, I don't have that anymore. So, I, I didn't really know anything. I was just kind of like, my friend told me you had to do this to buy it. So, I did it, and that was it. So, after they, they launched their IPO in 2014, they've, and they had other, you know, ro- uh, roadmap. Um, achievements, including, you know, introducing machine learning and, and big data tech to a, to their loan scoring algorithm. So part of that instant loan approval is using as much information as you can in a short period of time to make the best decisions you can as a business. Um, so da- over in 2016, they offered a Bitcoin loan repayment option, which apparently won innovation of the year award for the first consumer lender in the world with an automated lending chatbot as well. So their artificial intelligence, their instant loan approval process, it, it just keeps becoming more automated. They, they try to take people out of the equation. They try to take emotion out of the equation for decision making on this process. And, you know, they keep striving for further. Last year in 2017 at a Euro FinTech award, um, they got a top 10 
and two Forbes Business Award for the financial sector innovations and quality of services. So, you know, in that same area is when um, they saw the need for Nexo and they decided to to create this part of their extension of their business. All right. So let me ask you a let me ask you about the the Bitcoin repayment option. That's just like we accept Bitcoin kind of right. Like they were allowing people to pay back their fiat loans with Bitcoin. Correct. That's what I understood that to be because they were probably giving loans in in euros and they, you were allowed to repay it. Okay, cool. So, yeah, that was um, – and the innovation is you can somehow use just a chat bot to get your, uh, to get your loan. I guess uh, credit's a little bit easier to, to assess the validity of in Europe in some fashion. I'm not sure, but um, – and. That or maybe it's that to, maybe so this, it's that complicated. Maybe it's that advanced. I I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, maybe. So this is this ends up basically being like <laughs> a a well established company that's been doing loans and using tech to get that going for a long time. Correct. All right. So so let's learn about still, so, the crypto company. All right. So so when Nexo was born, you know, it was born from the concept of there is a lack of liquidity with tokenized assets, with digital assets. You know, it's, you know, last January when the prices were skyrocketing, like, honestly, how many people really took the most advantage they could because of that. I mean, I personally did not, but it was fun watching my portfolio go up every day. But when it started going down every day, not that I necessarily wanted to have an option to be emotional about it, but you, it's just not always practical. You know, in order to keep your assets safe, you have to keep them in certain types of custody. You have to put them in cold storage. You have to keep them off exchanges. And because of all that, they realize how big of a need there is for additional liquidity. So when they launched this idea and they basically, Credissimo offered to the world, you know, we're going to start offering crypto back loans. You're welcome to apply for this. And they, I don't remember what the initial application process started at, but I know the loan amounts started at a reasonably large number. It would be, I, I want to say something like, uh, you know, loans of a hundred thousand or more could apply. Like just, it was basically large end investors only. And so a company that can handle my needs. That's important. Correct. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) So when that happened, they ended up with over a billion dollars worth of applications on crypto backed loans on their first, basically their first introduction of like, is there a need for this? And they received over a billion dollars in requests. So at that point, they had to start taking this seriously. Um, they began working with the SEC, the, you know, Securities Trades Commission immediately. And they said, we are going to be SEC compliant. Um, ba- and basically said anything that you say, like, if you say jump, we'll say how high. And that's how it started. The reason that they wanted to stay SEC compliant is because part of their roadmap was they want to pay 30% of all the company's profits as a monthly dividend to all Nexo token holders. That is. Oh, okay. A reasonable first, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there are a couple of, you know, drip projects like exchanges and stuff that, that do have this type of passive income, but, um, they haven't announced whether this is going to be in 
which what system they're going to use to pay these dividends. They recently announced that their very first dividend payment is going to begin December the 15th. So that's two months away. That's going to be the very beginning of their monthly dividend system. And those dividends are, are paid out to any Nexo token holders that store and collateralize their tokens on the platform. Now you don't have to do, you don't have to request any loans, but you know, for example, I have my tokens stored on the Nexo account. I know how many tokens I have. I have an instant loan amount available on there that I could, you know, get a loan on. And we'll get into the details of the loans, you know, here in a little bit, but you know, just a couple more parts about the backstory. As they saw the need for this and they decided they needed to launch an ICO to have the proper funding and, you know, make sure that the team can get paid, et cetera, to get this project off the ground. Their private presale was oversubscribed by 5X and then their public presale was oversubscribed by 11X. So I, I don't know how common that was in ICOs in that read, in that time frame. Um, I know it was a reasonably good time, you know, to be an ICO. There was a lot of money being raised, but because of that, um, because of those two things, they decided that, um, they canceled their, their public sale because, um, you know, one of the things that ends up being a reoccurring note from the SEC is that if you do a public fundraiser, then it's much more difficult to remain SEC compliant. So they decided that it was best for the company to not do a public sale. They raised all the money privately. And, you know, because of that, it, it really is, it's, it's hopefully going to keep them extremely relevant in this area. Okay. So that is, that's interesting because normally I would say I hate when a project only sells to like private investors that almost sunk a uh, decentraland ship originally at one point the community was just really upset about that it's become more the norm but i do at least have respect for them not uh taking all the extra money they're not like okay well we can do all this private sale and then we can do all this public sale and we can get 10 times the money that we intended to get <clears throat> so they uh so they they stuck with the cap. They stuck with what they originally announced, which is, uh, do we know how many millions? I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever millions they raise then is worth 20% of that now. So, Yeah, and, and a couple other things as part of their history that I wanted to include. Um, when they originally launched, they only offered collateralization for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Nexo tokens. Recently, um, they started doing a monthly vote, and their goal is they're going to vote in one more asset, you know, for the time being each month to, you know, add more collateralized options. I'm imagining the more items that they add beyond the four that they currently have, I'm going to imagine that um, loan to value ratio, which we're going to cover more in the features and structures. I believe that that's going to probably be lower the further down the market cap you go. So there's, there's might be a point where you're not getting a ton of value on a loan by storing certain assets there, but you know, that's that's for the individual to decide. Okay, so that I, I was wondering how because I looked at the list, I'm like, well, Bitcoin and Ethereum makes sense, and Nexo makes sense because that's their token. And I'm like, how did how did they pick BNB as the other one? So okay, that makes sense. So you've they heard, added. You've heard me about. on this podcast say before, and and I still reasonably stand by this that um, it wouldn't surprise me if BNB is one of the 
the safer long-term investments in crypto. You know, I have no opinions on price in general, but as far as, you know, where I, where I see a company's future or where I see a, a project's future, there's very few that I think just have a much clearer, you know, working product, making a ton of money compared to Binance. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I, I, I would say that there are very few companies that I would say are definitely going to be around in cryptocurrency for the long haul. And Binance is definitely one of them. As long as the power doesn't get to their head, there's certainly cases where centralized powers that are more or less monopolies do not realize or they basically take advantage of the fact that they become too powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but they've done like, we know Binance is doing all the right things, saying all the right things about their decentralization and all that. So a couple more things I missed on the history here real quick. Um, in order to stay know your customer compliant, um, they partnered with one of the largest know your customer, um, compliant businesses in Europe on Fido. And that, you know, I've never heard of it, but that doesn't mean that it's not, um, very reputable and very large. And something I have heard that name. I don't know where. You know, we actually anyway, had a very sorry, interesting yeah. conversation recently. I want to say it was on the last flagship about the custody of um, crypto assets, particularly on something like an exchange. And I had a little bit of insider info because I had already studied this part. I decided not to bring it in because I thought it would have been a cheap shot. But BitGo, <laughs> it's a custody company, and they partnered with Nexo to, to, to bring the level of security that you know, customers require for such large, um, deposits. They also, um, they also do the custody for Kraken and a long list of other crypto businesses that weren't necessarily as big, but in particular, this particular company does at least Nexo, Kraken and a few others. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Are they, I, I see that you wrote there, they were SEC approved. Does that mean they're that like, no, BitGo sort is of... bit, the company. BitGo is fully SEC approved, like the security. Yeah, tr- uh, they. Yeah, that are was interesting. Compliant. I wonder if they like have like insurance and stuff on their 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 assets. That would be interesting. One last thing I or thought that was pretty interesting here. So we talk about in America, we talk about San Francisco as being like Silicon Valley, and and it being you know the huge birth of like you know internet and whatnot. They describe uh, Zug, Switzerland, as the crypto valley in here, and, and they are part of uh, the Switzerland crypto movement. Yep, we are. We've said it a million times: the United States is falling behind on this on this innovation. So uh, be re- be ready for seeing seeing things in a different way than you're re- than you've been seeing the internet, than you've been seeing things like that, because. We are not any longer leading the innovation on these things as we see more and more as we go through these uh, episodes. Amen. All right. Uh, is that is that everything for the history? Like I said, that was a very, very Kareem bullet pointed history there. I wanted to he would be proud. That's all. That's all I'm going for. All right. Cool. So let's move on to the rapid fire section. Normally, I'm the one getting tossed the questions, but we're flip-floppity-flooping it, and we're going with you, since I don't actually know the answer to these questions. So, what is... <clears throat> question number one, is it a coin, a token, or a platform? It is an ERC-20 token on the Ethereum blockchain. All right, so it, it's a token. Is it decentralized? I left this one blank. I, like, 
It's an ERC-20 on the Ethereum blockchain. Like... Yeah, it sounds like a very emphatic <laughs> no, what I'm getting for the rest of this There is a but. centralized company that is part of, you know, it's acting mostly as the foundation for this, but it is an ERC-20 token, so... Yeah, the, so the the token itself is obviously as centralized as uh, as Ethereum is, but everything else that the company is doing seems to be centralized so far. Um, can it be mined, staked, or is there any other uh, passive income? There's the thirty percent monthly dividends on on loan profits. All right, and that's kind of like staking, right? Like you have to have it on their platform. Oh, yeah. So no, I I, I consider like, that as a type of stake. They haven't decided how they're going to pay out the monthly dividends yet. They've said it could either be Nexo tokens, Ethereum, uh, USDT. They even mentioned as an option. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, it's an unfortunate, like, I get it, but like, I hope that's not the option. Look, I don't know if you've been watching this weekend with the USDT. It kind of got uncoupled from the dollar and is no longer trading at $1. What is it, it is, trading at? It's been like 98 cents, seven ninety seven cents. Oh, is and that from all the Bitfinex drama that is going down? Yeah, I'm not really sure what's causing it, but it is not trading at a dollar right now. This is a reminder that we have been very against the USDT tether uh, for as long as, I want to say January or February is our first mention of it uh, on the show. where We, well, we released a whole episode it. about how it could be going down at any moment. So be very careful with tether. All right. Sorry. We got sidetracked. Stop it. I'm not good at bringing us back as like everybody else. All right. So is their main net live? Do, I yep. guess that's a yes, right? All right. And does it sound cool? I went yes, but I don't love it. It's a slight yes. It's it's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> Nexo is right, kind of clunky off the tongue, but it doesn't make me think of anything else. So I kind of like that. Uh, it works for SEO purposes. Like you search Nexo, you're going to find this. Their website looks super clean. So whoever's doing their marketing is doing a good job. Uh, I will also, but I, but it gives you no indication that it's a loan company or anything like that. So uh, I'm actually going to say, sure, it sounds cool um, because I can picture myself saying saying to you like, uh, I'm fine with everything hey. you're saying, except that you can't tell that it's a loan company. I mean, I'm literally on the front page of the website. It couldn't be more obvious <laughs> as to what it is. Right. Yeah. The, the front page of the website literally says like instant loans. Uh, the well, button. I think <laughs> out of your it. mouth, you said on the front page of the website, it doesn't tell you what it is. So that's the only thing I'm responding to. Wait, I did. No, you might have said it. By I didn't accident. mean to say that. Okay. And I might have misheard mean you. To say that. I meant to say. In the name, it doesn't tell you what it is. Okay, all right. Like you said Nexo. website, I think. So okay, oh, okay. Right. Well, I was listen, just clarifying I'm up that. Here in the middle of a fucking blizzard, and I'm scared. <laughs> so I don't know. What's super funny is I I went to Denver one one day, and it was in May. It was for my brother's graduation, and it just snowed like an absurd amount overnight. It was like not even cold when we went to sleep, and I woke up the next morning, and it was like legit foot of snow all over the tent. In May. May is damn near summer. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, I did not expect you to have nope. snow there in October. I mean, it's kind of similar, right? You're, I mean, October's probably a little colder than May, but let's get on yeah. track. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, guys. Let's talk about the features and structure. How does this work? Explain to me how I can take Bitcoin or anything else and find a loan. 
This part is uh, is is about the features and structures. Of this is going to be about as easy as anyone I'm going to come across. It, it is as simple as this. If you go on the website nexo.io, you're welcome to create an account. Um, the loans work in a, in a couple different ways. Um, like I said, there's four crypto assets that you can collateralize: Bitcoin, Ethereum, the Nexo token itself, and the Binance Coin token. If you deposit any of those four, it's, it's, it's the main, the main login page. There's just some deposit options. It'll, it keeps your amount in there. And then next to it, it'll say available loan amount. So how do they get that available loan amount? Well, they have what's known as the Nexo Oracle. And that is their internally developed artificial intelligence that is going to help them run the business the way they want to. So it, calculates continuously every block automatically the loan to value ratio, the LTV. And I, I alluded to this earlier, the Bitcoin has the best LTV, which makes a lot of sense. You're going to give, be able to loan the most money off of depositing Bitcoin compared to anything else. That loan to value ratio tends to stay somewhere in the realm of 50%. Now, if you're in a bull market and it's been on the rise, you know, frequently, your loan amount will go up and, you know, it's going to base it. It's going to calculate the, what it thinks the value of Bitcoin is compared to other assets, compared to what it's worth to the company. I don't know exactly how that works. It's an internal thing. And the other assets will be slightly lower as you go down. Um, with Bitcoin usually being around 50%, I believe Ethereum tends to be in the 30% range, maybe a little higher. And then Nexo and the Binance coin tend to be a little lower, somewhere between 20 and 25%. It does change, but it's not drastic. Um, okay. So I also mentioned that there is a monthly vote to add there, to add additional coins. I chose to vote for Cardano, and that was even before the drama. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not suggesting you guys vote for Cardano or vote at all. That's, you know, entirely up to you. But to me, it was just, you know, I thought it was interesting that a coin like Cardano that I could consider, well, that's something that I want to stash away and not really worry about. Then, you know, being able to have it in a wallet like this where I could theoretically request a loan if I were in the need of some cash. I thought that's kind of interesting. <clears throat> Any questions at this point, Brent? Nope. Sounds good to me. Makes perfect sense. The... Less volatile tokens have a smaller amount that you can loan against them. So that makes sense to me. We're going to get into how the loans and the repayments work in the future, I imagine. And uh, for now, I'm, I'm all right. I don't have any right. questions. So so that's kind of the the external stuff leading up to you know working with someone like Nexo. So how the actual loans work. So you have your collateral on the, on the site. If you have Nexo tokens, you could... You could get monthly dividends. If you have other assets, you'll be able to get some loans as well. So there's 40 plus fiat options for loans, and they're very proud of the fact that they're currently fully legalized in over 200 jurisdictions. Now, I don't, I don't fully know how to define a jurisdiction, but you know, my assumption is that it means just like, you know, areas of, of governance, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, from my experience with Salt back when, it, which is a similar thing to this that did it bad, um, they had to get each state to approve them individually. So that may mean, like, they're approved in all 50 states, plus, like, 
there's probably states inside of other countries. So we we want that's clearly not 200 countries because there aren't 200 countries, but uh, there's 200 different governing bodies that have said this is cool, and 40 different options for for the traditional fiat is pretty cool too. Yeah, and at the current moment, the minimum loan amount per loan is a thousand dollars. So for something like I'll give an example. If you have like $3,000 worth of Bitcoin in your account, all the loans have a set interest rate, a set APR. It, the APR is automatically 16% unless you do one of two things. If you pay the interest off in the Nexo tokens, you get a 50% discount. Or if you use Nexo tokens as collateral, then you also receive a 50% discount on your interest rate. So you can do either of those two things and you can't combine them. I'm not, you know, I haven't actually taken a loan out of here, so I don't know how the process works. It, it says you cannot combine them, but if you do one or the other, then your interest rate will be cut in half. Okay. So can you exchange Bitcoin for Nexo like right on their platform? There is no exchange function as far as I can tell. Okay. So you would have to acquire them like outside and and get ready to go. So what I'll say here is 8%. Even if we do the 8%, that's a pretty high number for a fully collateralized loan with, in theory, almost no risk on the other on the side of the person who's loaning. But they're the first company that's really getting close to doing this. And they're in a lot of jurisdictions and they've done things right so far. So you know, they, they actually, they, I mean, they can charge that much. Uh, that is, that is, a you know, when, when I had bad credit, I think I got a loan on a car at 8.5%. And that was a collateralized loan where the car was worth significantly less than the loan amount very quickly. So, uh, so those numbers I think are definitely high. And I think we'll have to talk about that when we talk about pros and cons later, but they, they are providing they are providing a service, so I'm interested to see if this comes down as this gets a little bit more stable. So they had a section in their white paper that basically discussed the target audience for this, and I, and obviously they're trying to build interest in the project. But they, they mentioned a couple of things that I thought were really interesting as far as like who could use this, who could benefit from this service. <clears throat> The obvious one would be uh, speculators like you and I, you know, if we have some crypto assets that we'd rather uh, be able to get some liquidity from if we choose to do so. Obviously, that's very beneficial. One thing that I haven't mentioned that is uh, it makes a lot a lot of sense as well. They off also offer a credit card and I don't know the details on the the loan rates on that. And I believe it's not live yet because I, I tried to look into it at one point, but I believe you're going to have a collateralized credit card where you're going to, you know, you're going to get your bill each month and you can either pay it like a normal credit card or you can, you know, use some of your assets that you have and, and it'll auto liquidate a small portion of your Bitcoin, for example, to pay off your monthly interest rates, et cetera. Uh, um, as far as I can tell, I believe that is the the structure for the credit card. And I, I'm really interested to see what that's going to look like when it comes out. So that was one section of the target audience. And a, a few of the other ones that I found interesting, a couple obvious ones like hedge funds and ICOs, those seem pretty intuitive, um, basically large custodian large custodial holdings and, you know, not sure when they may need the assets, the ability to get um, 
a loan or access to fiat quickly oftentimes would save a lot of money versus selling a bunch of Ethereum on the open market and potentially being interested in buying them back later. If you'd much rather have Ethereum long term, term this you know even at eight percent i'm curious you know you when you look at exchange fees gas fees i wonder how much that you know gets reduced yeah and, and of course crypto is <laughs> most years outpaced that growth by quite a while by quite a ways we don't know that it's always going to be that way but um they definitely have in the past so uh you know maybe maybe the eight maybe the eight percent makes sense or maybe when competition comes in it goes down to three four percent or maybe they lower it themselves maybe they're just like look right now we don't know how quickly this market can crash um I, one of the things we didn't talk about that i think we just uh we we should probably talk about real quick right here is what happens if you don't repay uh, like, you don't or, repay or the loan? maybe not don't repay <laughs> but like maybe you miss a payment or maybe your uh your asset drops in value because in when we were talking about die, what happened is if your asset dropped too far in value, they automatically sold all of your shit, and then th- through the smart contract, and then they gave you whatever was left over. So it's like a thirteen percent uh, fee, basically, and then they give you what's left over after that. So what? How does it work with the the loan value dropping? Are they accepting all the risk, or are they is? Because you have it on their platform, are they able to like just sell it for you? Is there a time period in between? Well, here's the way I understood it. Like, look, you're saying like if I got a loan, um, just give me a hypothetical. We'll go back to the other. Well, let's say I have three k in Bitcoin on the site, and I got a thousand dollar loan. It, let's just say. right, and then so as long as your Bitcoin's over two thousand dollars worth, it's not they're not going to need to sell because you haven't hit below that. But let's right. say your your Bitcoin hits nineteen hundred. Here's what, what I understand. What would I believe from there. Um, and, and we talked about this before the show started when they give you, I believe it's called a margin call. Is that yes. where we understood it? All right. So we believe that. Well, I don't know if they're calling it that, but that's what it is. Right, right. Yeah. You're going to have a window of opportunity to make it right is the way I understood yeah, you'll it. You'll have a window of opportunity it. to add assets to the platform. And so if let's say, I, let's I say Bitcoin is. crashes, let's say I owe a thousand dollars of this loan and my, and I, I had, when I got this loan, I had 3k in Bitcoin in my account. If the Bitcoin goes to $1,900, I'm going to have a window of time to increase the balance of my account above 2000 and pay, like be caught up on the interest, whatever that looks like. And similarly, <clears throat> that same, that same Bitcoin could rise to 5,000 in total value. And my available loan would then, I would have a thousand out and then my available loan balance would on the next block would automatically up to 1500 additional because I can loan at any time up to half of what I have in that account on Bitcoin, for example. Right. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Cause Bitcoin was the one that had the, I, when we first started, I was wondering how are they going to make the Bitcoin work? Like, how are you putting that up as collateral? <laughs> but it, it basically is, it's entirely controlled within their their platform, right. their company. Yeah, this and, is why and I was making the. Uh, this is why I was saying it was centralized before, because this is a hundred percent basically controlled by them and their AI. But I believe the the next Oracle is supposed to take it out of their hands as much as they can. It's probably meant to keep it as decentralized as possible. And the other thing that I believe to be the case. So listen, that's in that same example. If the total value of the Bitcoin I have stored on that account is in now nineteen hundred dollars, and the amount that I owe on the loan is. Um, 1000 plus interest. I believe 
if I do not make the amount that I owe equal to half, so 950, obviously minus the interest. If I don't do that, I believe it sells my Bitcoin down to where now the account value equals or the, the owed amount equals half. Is that, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it take a small so it chop sells of Bitcoin. enough Bitcoin. <clears throat> yeah. It sells enough Bitcoin so that you are now and, and essentially like pays it down for you. So it sells some amount of Bitcoin so that you're now instead of the thousand dollars, you're now at nine fifty. Correct. If it's gone, if it's gone down from. Yeah. In that from, example, uh, it let's, it, it'll, it would repay the interest plus another $50 with the Bitcoin. And lower to that amount. And then the next, I don't, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly. It does this. I'm assuming it's monthly, but then the following month, it's going to check it again, see the, what the value of the Bitcoin is, see how much I owe on the loan, et cetera, et cetera. I would imagine it checks faster than that because it's, uh, you know, because the, those assets change value pretty quickly. So right. it's no, probably and like that's, that's why I'm, I'm not saying with, with a great deal of certainty because of how complex some of these questions are. Yeah, these are the things that like we would have had to use the platform, and I don't think we're going around borrowing a thousand dollars. I, I opened it and I started looking at it, and then my, I was like, eh. "See, like, uh, uh, like I messed around with the with the Maker Die when we had that, but I could I did that for like forty bucks or something. So it right, was like, like I I didn't mind testing out the platform. I think I did lose like around five dollars going through the whole like all the gas fees and all the things I needed to do to create it. But but in the end, it was uh it. It was a nice way to test it out, but yeah, I'm not gonna. Neither you nor I are gonna go through this and be like, "Yeah, fuck it, we'll give them three thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and see if we see what we can do." So they they mention that in their white paper that they are there's going to certainly be an expansion of what is considered a tokenized asset in the future. And, you know, that's something we've talked about a lot on this show. Like, we don't know what real estate's going to look like 20 years from now. We don't know what esports is going to look like 20 years from now. Precious metals, ETFs, a lot of these things. The air. <laughs> um, but. No, legit. Like, if you build a building up, like, who owns the air, you know? Fair. Think about it. Uh, so, they actually mention another token in their white paper, WAX. And we haven't covered WAX. But that is a worldwide exchange, a worldwide e-games exchange, something along those lines. Um, that's an esports uh, marketplace. And they plan to accept the WAX tokens, you know, when the time's right, because they believe that gamers are going to have a lot of need for liquidity. You know, you look at something like World of Warcraft or these League of Legends, like these games – theoretically should continue to rise in value a tremendous amount. So I'm going to give you a hypothetical here, Brent. Let's rewind the clock back to like 2003 or four. You and I met playing magic. How many friends did you know had, I don't know, like $3,000 worth of magic cards in a binder? Yeah. Yeah. If you would have been able to get loans on your magic cards, do you think that would have been a good idea? I don't know. Maybe I would just get loans on my magic cards and have lost all my magic cards because I couldn't pay back the loans. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it may have actually saved me money in the sense that, like, I could borrow the money rather than sell the cards and the cards would go up in value. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because that's kind of what the kids of the future are going to have access to that we didn't. These damn kids. Right. Damn. Whippersnappers. 
Yeah. So that's a, you know, it's a really interesting thing to me. There's the future of esports and like what digital assets could be in gaming itself is a really interesting need. You know, what if these kids just want to like get new computers and stuff because they can afford to, but they don't want to sell their items. They'd rather, you know, use future money to pay this off. I don't know. I see a lot of really cool use cases here. Yeah. I mean, basically this allows you to go even longer on an asset that you're going long on and, and uh, you know, just do what banks are doing and have been doing for a long time, which is, use the money that they have sitting there to invest in other things or do other things and then hope that people don't all request to take it out at the same time uh you're you know you're kind of paying for the ability to do that yourself with a platform like this uh the credit card is definitely interesting because being able to just like boop boopity boop and get some money from your crypto like i like i kind of can do on cash app with bitcoin but like you know you can boopity boop it up and not sell and be like oh i needed 100 bucks here we go and sell I, it. I and like the I like the idea of the credit card. Yeah, because really, if you're responsibly using credit in the U.S., you're not ever running your credit cards higher than thirty percent. So that's like exactly what the Nexo ratio is. Yeah, so that so. I mean that sounds ideal in and of itself. But okay, so I'll give an yeah. example. Like, what if you and I get approved for one of these international cards? Like, how does like does that report to American companies? You think? Like, I see that unlikely. I, I that's interesting. I I don't know if it would function as a debit card or a credit card, but if they are reporting to agencies, maybe this is an entire other thing where you get the ability to kind of build credit in in different parts know, of the world. Zug. Like yeah, that would that would be a, that would be a hell of a use case because credit, you know, is very very subjective, uh, right? Like credit for, is so individualized. I wish and credit is very broken, but I like it's until somebody fixes it, you kind of have to play the game that that you're in. Oh no, I I agree with that completely. So I think I think we got it. I think we understand how this platform works, how everything goes together, how you can get your money. Um, how is the comp how is the company slash the token all that governed? I assume there's their on-chain governance goes as far as Ethereum, and then past that they may have some internal structure. Yeah, I I didn't see a ton on this. I mean, the the team was huge. They have a lot of, you know, really reputable members with lengthy history and everything seems to check out with regard to that. But all I was able to really find uh, was that they guarantee the transparency through blockchains, smart contracts, etc. And the next Oracle is supposed to relieve a lot of these centralization issues and help with this process. All right, so I'm going to say a couple things here. One, if the Nexo Oracle's code was open source and it controlled most of everything, then that would be a check mark in the realm of decentralization. But as it is, I don't see keeping your money on this on the Nexo platform as any more safe than keeping it on an exchange and probably less safe considering it's still not completely established and it's a uh, it's a fledgling company. So definitely think about that into your risk factorization of like, do I want to get, do I want to put money on here? This is a completely centralized company offering a service to decentralized assets. So as that's, that's my understanding of it. And, you know, we, we have, uh, we, we have our thoughts on centralization versus decentralization and how they apply to different tokens. I would prefer that if a company was as centralized as this, that they didn't run an ICO. But they ran an ICO to only private investors. So that means I'm not, they don't have as much responsibility to transparency as in the community. But they do, from what I read, they do intend to be fully transparent about uh, their profits and fees and stuff like that. So 
So that'll be that, that'll that'll be nice. It'll if they're a centralized company that is radically transparent, that's better than being a centralized company that is not radically transparent. So no arguments there. All right, let's wrap it all up in a nice little uh, nice little package. What do we got for the pros and cons? Yeah, I'll run through the pros real quick. Um, I like that they are very focused on SEC regulations. Um, their list of partnerships or alliances or however you want to call it. I know partnerships is a weird word sometimes. Their list of, uh, of public handshakes with companies is pretty impressive. You know, I their like list that- of pinky promises. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of what it is. That's fine. The collateralization options are, you know, solid and growing. I like that, you know, you have a few different options now. The team and the resumes seem extremely impressive. Credissimo seems very reputable. Seems like they're doing a good job. Um, and something we haven't mentioned that I, I wasn't sure if this was a pro or a con, but I've decided that I think it's a pro. Um, they now have advertising for their loans on both coin market cap as a crypto loan button and ether scan as well. Oh God. So, so there's a crypto loan button on coin market cap and ether scan, which are two of the pretty big traffic sites, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. They're they're some of the biggest. So is it one of those like fucking Loan buttons that pretends it's just like part of the platform that's like on coin market cap, hey, it definitely is. We just talked uh, about oh something God. else doing this, and it's right next to it. This button is right next to the other one. I don't remember what the other one was. I gotta find it real quick. Uh, it was buy, it was buy Bitcoin, and you click it, and it's it acts like the only option is whatever shitty ass exchange. Uh, hit BTC, that's right. Oh, yeah, the most Jeez. advanced crypto exchange. Oh boy, yeah, oh, buy coin market cap. Trade. All right. Buy brings up Changeling and Crypto.com. That looks new. Oh, trade is hit BTC. Get wallet, Atomic Wallet, Ledger, Mixin Messenger. I don't know what those are. And then get loan is Nexo. That's what Coin Market Cap has. Interesting. Uh, that I mean, I, I definitely will see that as a positive for the Nexo platform, especially because the the token holders are going to be getting a distribution of their profits. So they should be all about them wanting to advertise on there. I, I really wish Coin Market Cap gave more of an indication that these things were ads because it's fucking annoying that they it don't. Kind, no, honestly, now that there's a couple that have more than one, then I think it looks less or it looks less deceptive and more ad like. Like if you go on go on a on a any, click on any random coin on Coin Market Cap, they have the Get Wallet that has three options. That doesn't look like your only option. It looks like they're ba- they're basically saying here are your ad options like. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, like, look, that is not where you find an ad in anything else that you do. Like, no. Oh, the other, location's deceptive. Like, I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> that's my problem. Like, like a, a a base user like who doesn't do a ton of research, doesn't understand things, they're not going to understand that like these little buttons here don't go to all of their options. So it it is. It really should be identified as an ad, and if they were in a jurisdiction with any uh, regulation on that, it, it would be required, I think. But they're not, so that's fine. All right, what else we got for pros? Uh, that was most of the pros. I mean, it, there's other simple stuff. I mean, you know, good user experience. I've I've had no complaints so far. Telegram's been helpful. Most most pros have checked out pretty well for me so far. All right, let's talk about the cons. 
All right. A couple of cons that I found. So they're full KYC on loans up to $10,000. And uh, you have to go a little bit beyond KYC for the 30% dividends. And then you can also qualify for loans up to $2 million. And that's going to include your like driver's license photos, front and back, like the, the selfies, um, those kind of, you know, levels of, um, security. And, okay. you know, when it comes to, when it comes to know your customer, I, there's a huge portion of crypto that is like very against it. So, and I respect that and I, and I understand. So I, I decided to list that as a, as a con. Um, I, I have, I'm not really anti know your customer for using a centralized service though. Like I don't, I, I would have a problem with trying like a, a jurisdiction saying you can't have a wallet unless you do a know your know your customer with the state or something like that. I don't know, but but like I don't mind them making a centralized exchange make people do it. We've talked about the interest rates being fairly high for collateralization. Um, that's something that it, you know. I guess the market's probably going to have to determine that more than anything else. Um, this is where they're at. You know, I could definitely see potential change if necessary, and I I would imagine that they're going to stay competitive. I don't I don't see a scenario where they would rate themselves out of competition. I'm not sure how I feel about partial liquidations on on loan payments. It's probably the best method, but you know, there's certainly other things you could consider as options there. So I I don't know where I fall in that category. What about yourself? Well, a traditional loan has all of the risk of the project of the property that it's against going down. And therefore they'll charge a high APR. Like when you buy a car with bad credit and they give you 8%, they know they can come take your car back from you and sell it and recuperate some of their losses. I feel like that's the same here. So if you're only borrowing about 50% of the value, like that, I don't know, they should, they should have an option to not involve a margin call and then they're truly alone. Right now they're just offering leverage and margin. But if they let you put up some collateral but do not make you liquidate that collateral to pay down the loan, then they are like they're at least assuming some responsibility or some risk, which at which point they would deserve the the yield on the risk. I guess I didn't ask this question and maybe I will um, when I get a chance, but I'm trying to think of, let's go back to our, our original example. Like we have 3K worth of Bitcoin in the account. We borrow a thousand and we miss a monthly payment. I'm wondering if the amount I owe moves up from a thousand and just hangs out there or it probably does. It probably increases your, uh, it probably that just can, adds it, that as like you owe it. And so it's possible then you might be able to go like six months without needing to make a payment because you're just going to gradually increase the loan amount as long as you can cover the other loan to value ratio. I don't know. There's yeah, a couple but different we don't options know. for people here. I mean, not that I recommend, you know, loaning unnecessarily, but I see yeah. some use cases. All right. And, and I will obviously add the one because of, because of my thoughts in this business, this is a, this is completely centralized. And I think with, with, Full de- full centralization, but with one decentralized asset, you're really it really needs to be a con because it needs to be on the forefront. Like you need to understand that your money is at risk if they decide to shut down and leave, or if they get shut down by authorities or any of that stuff. Like you are you are at risk, which is which is the antithesis to what Bitcoin was created for. So know that you're dealing with a centralized company in this instance. Um, where can we? Uh, well, I wait unless we had anything else. 
I'd like to move on to where it can be purchased. No, I mean, where can this we get was it? a fairly straightforward situation. You know, I think we covered most of the, the pros and cons as far as where to buy, um, a, a shit exchange hot bit, um, that I've used and it's kind of yeah. mediocre. I'm not a huge fan, but if, if That's you decide this is something you want to buy, uh, you can get it and with an Ethereum pair as over 50% of their trading volume on Hotbit and 18% of their trading volume goes with the Bitcoin pair on that same exchange. Uh, I did notice. Bancor has 1% of their volume. I know. Have you used Bancor before? I think that's a decentralized exchange. No, I know they're supposed to be a decentralized exchange, but I don't quite know enough about them. Understandable. I th- so, I th- so, yeah, I'm not sure. I thought you could buy the tokens directly on the website too, but let me see if I can. Well, skip me for now. I'll try to find that real quick. <laughs> yeah, it, it would make sense that they would uh, be able to buy directly on the re- on the website. Um, and, and if they don't have that function right, functionality right now, I would bet that they get it very quickly so let's uh while you're looking at that i'll i'll while you're looking that up i'll discuss what i know as competitors off the top of my head uh salt being the 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 one that i found out before this which really didn't seem to handle things well and it's kind of you know fallen way down the uh the wayside there uh, so that's one of them maker is definitely one of them you know they're a decentralized way to take a to take a loan it is a lot more difficult than what this is presenting a much more difficult user experience but with that you get decentralization listen to our maker 101 episode that we released a couple of weeks ago if you want to learn more and that's really that's all i know off the top of my head and they're claiming to be one of the first so i imagine there's other companies that are going to do this i now here's what i will say there are company there are a couple of scam companies like ethland uh, I think was ended up being a scam. Don't quote oh, me on really? that because I, I haven't researched that. it. But I feel I like Ethan might have been okay. I, I I could be wrong. I could be a hundred percent wrong uh, <laughs> on this. Be like I I literally this is just okay. In I'm, I'm going to save you. It, I'm going to save you for a second here. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bail you out. Uh, so speaking of drama, um, the one thing that I thought was really interesting in here was that, and and I noticed this in the Telegram group for the Nexo. Uh, they actually sent a formal letter to try to buy salt from them. They, they tried to just like, <laughs> they tried to big bank, little bank salt and salt declined, which is fine. But I thought that was really interesting. They're just like, yeah, they were like, Hey, y'all stuck. Just, Can we just, yeah. They're just like, just give me all your stuff. I'll just be, just, what do you want? <laughs> I thought that was that's interesting. Funny. That's good. Uh, so, so update, uh, Ethland uh, was supposed to be one. And also I would say, BitConnect was one that was kind of the yeah. the the thought behind it. So that's what you know. BitConnect, you put your money on there and you took loans out against it, and it, it is non. It is a non-zero amount similar to this, but it didn't have all the regulation behind it. So um, it, it and and they had a really fucking shitty you know multi-level marketing fucking way to get people to go on there. So so I'm not comparing them at all. But BitConnect was at its core a lending platform. Um. So. Have you used Changely at all? No. Okay, I haven't either. But apparently the it looks like the on website buy sell instantly. It reminds me a lot of Steam. Like when you're you, when you convert Steam to like uh Steam dollars and stuff on the on the Steam site, you basically it's like kind of a little website where you input okay, this you're you're depositing this many of this, you want this, so you'll get this many of them and you hit you hit accept and then I guess you just send it to, you know, the address that they tell yeah, you. Yeah, probably use the options are 
for Changely, it looks like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Zcash, Dash, Ripple, Ethereum Classic, Litecoin, Dogecoin, and the Abyss, whatever that is. Interesting. The Abyss. Maybe that's like you can just like burn tokens. Maybe maybe they give it. No, it's possible. They may <laughs> give like a uh, like an address to burn tokens for companies that do like tar- token burn or something like that. I don't know. All right. So what's your uh, what's your future outlook on this one look like? Uh hoping sitting and waiting it's just one of these is going to be <laughs> i'm reading successful. what you wrote <laughs> what you wrote is funny uh, well so what i wrote is that finally our answers to our prayers have been answered so when i was doing some research for nexo in their site they had an applications page for for crypto influencers so finally we've been able to apply for our first job <laughs> <laughs> No, but honestly, I've 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 followed this along um, from a distance. I'm not saying I I regularly keep up with their activities, but it, it's something that I think the need is large enough, and I think the professionalism is enough that I I see this you know being successful enough that I am deciding to be invested in. So I'm hoping. My personal goal is to use the dividends possibly to purchase more tokens and let's see what happens. All right. You're going to roll it on. You're going to roll, get the ball rolling and keep it going. Uh, I really don't have a great future vision for you. I know I'm supposed to chime in for this, but uh, I would say that what I will actually make a prediction of is that these APRs do not last at this price. I think as they get more users, these will go down and this will be a much more um, usable uh, sustainable platform. I would also imagine there's probably a price break as you go up. They, they, they mentioned $2 million loans. Like I can't imagine that that's the same, right? Like a thousand and two yeah. million. Like, or they're just not getting very many $2 million loans. You never know. I mean, that's all right. You, Anything you else make a lot of your money, right? Yeah. 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 I guess like, yeah, if I, if I had $2 million, uh, maybe I, you know, I would probably not do a $2 million loan, but I might do a thousand. I don't know. <laughs> Anything yeah, else what you if want you had $2 billion? <laughs> yeah, if I had $2 billion, yeah, maybe I'd get a $2 million loan. Right. No, I, I can't think of anything else. I, I enjoyed this project. Um, I, I hope it works out, and I I hope crypto stops crashing. <laughs> yeah, stop it. God, chill out, crypto, for the love of God. We want to keep this podcast going, but we don't have any more money. <laughs> yeah, we, we need people to make money so they can pay us, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, it's all good. We're having fun. All right. Well, if you want to check out any other episodes of the podcast, CryptoBasicPodcast.com, you want to talk to us, join the Discord. There's buttons all over the place, show notes on the website, everywhere that you can join the Discord. It is a very active community, and we are generally in there making comments and all that kind of thing. So that is the best place to interact with us or email us at CryptoBasicPodcast.com. But remember, we are not financial advisors. We are basically just idiots. So please do your own research and all investments have inherent risks. I'm Brent. I've been here with Michael Lockie and we are now done. Peace out.